Have you heard of Anchor? It's free and it's so easy. If I can figure it out, pretty much anyone can. Create your own podcast from your phone or any device and they will distribute it across Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms on your behalf without you having to do a thing. You can also make money without any minimum listenership or any required audience. Anchor is super easy to use, and all you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. Start your own podcast today. You're listening to Your Highness Podcast with Diana Crash, founder of Good Vibes Marketing. Good Vibes Marketing provides organic content and marketing solutions to the cannabis space. You're listening to Your Highness Podcast. I'm your host, Diana Crash. And I'm joined today by my lovely, fabulous sister <laughs> and all-around amazing woman, Barb Stender. She is also our resident beauty expert. Why don't you say hello, Barb? Hey, guys. What's up? If you haven't heard um, previous Beauty with Barb segments, I suggest you catch up because she's full of knowledge. And we're going to be bringing more of that to you this season as well. Um, so... We're going to start off this episode, as we always do, with our fave pot, not pot, which is basically just our favorite cannabis-related thing that we're, we're just loving right now. It doesn't have to be new. It could be new to us, you know, whatever. And um, our fave, did I say not cannabis-related? You cannabis did, related. yeah. I've already had too much cannabis-related stuff already <laughs> first started. Can you tell? No, I'm kidding. Just enough. Anyway, uh, <laughs> do you want to get started? I'd love to. So my fave not pot item this week, um, I've been watching the lovely show about cheerleading that is every <laughs> it's on everybody's um hot topic list right now. It's called Cheer. <laughs> um, it's all the rave. <laughs> yeah, but it's so awesome. These girls are great. Um, and then my fave pot item is this awesome stick by Humboldt Apothecary called the Winter Green CBD stick. It's a one-to-one -one ratio. It's awesome. It just has such great organic natural ingredients. And I feel like those ingredients nowadays are so underlooked, you know, mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm really into that. Yeah, I feel you. I like really love Humboldt Apothecary's products. They're so nice and clean and they smell really nice. They're Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I love that show as well, Cheer. You got me on, hooked on it. Um, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a hot topic. They just did a sketch on SNL. This that, that's, that's when you know so you've hit it. <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. Um, so my fave pot, not pot, um, are the family-related things because that's basically what we're going to be talking about in some kind of a way today. Um, yeah. But before we do that, I'll talk about my faves. So... This isn't a new thing, but my, I'm going to start with the knot pot first. Um, uh, an acquaintance of mine started this uh, incredible foundation called Immigrant Families Together. And uh, she's doing some really amazing work through that. She's helping immigrant families reunite who have been separated um, through, you know, this disgusting 
what you know what's going on right now it's just absolutely there's no words for it um seriously immigrant families together they're bringing families together they they do what they say in the title and it's it's really amazing work what they're doing they're raising the bonds um for the people that are being put in these detention centers so if you can give money um please do if you can't then just spread the word about this uh really great organization and i'll put the link in the notes for that um i just think that this is really important to be talking about right now. Absolutely. And word of mouth is just travels so much faster than social media sometimes. Right. Absolutely. Um, and so my fave pot related item right now is a podcast called Good Moms, Bad Choices. And uh, aside from their incredible Instagram, when she'll just like, <laughs> it's breathtaking. I mean, I love their pictures. Um, but anyway, the synopsis of their show is two uncensored sex and cannabis positive parents challenging the stereotypes of single parenting and life. Um, so check out their podcast every Wednesday, and I'll put the links to that in the notes as well. So anyway, <laughs> speaking of moms, being a mom, um, you know, so we talk about being a mom a lot. We also talk about equality and accessibility on the show because uh, we truly believe that this industry can set itself apart in that regard. Um, I mean, that's why I started this podcast to begin with, because I really do think there's a chance to set this, this industry could set itself apart. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the biggest ways that it can do that, that it's not, in my opinion, um, is offering accessibility through childcare. I mean, childcare is such a major issue in this country right now. And I know for me personally, I can't go to any of these industry events that I'm invited to uh, because I don't have childcare. Mm -hmm. And it boggles my mind to see all of these pro-women, you know, educational offerings and, and networking offerings without any kind of mention about childcare. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine if a skincare brand hired you, Barb, and gave you like free childcare and let you just help them, you know, formulate some awesome skincare products? And I mean, like, can you just imagine that life? Talk I, about setting intentions. I only wish <laughs> that would yeah. be amazing. Right? I'm trying to set intentions this year. So maybe we can set intentions that we put it out there into the universe. That'll help. <laughs> that'll happen, right? Right. I mean, I'm just wondering what some of these women are doing with their kids, you know? Right? If, exactly. If we, if we supported each other and, you know, could find a, a place where we could, you know, have our kids somewhere safe and we would trust right. and we all came yeah. together, you know, helping each other out, helping women out. Right. Imagine the success we would have. Absolutely. I mean, if we offset the cost for daycare through sponsorship, I mean, I'm sure that I've seen some of these really big events where they definitely could have put the cost in there, you know, in mm -hmm. the plan. And I, I feel like also employers in this industry, why aren't we offering childcare? Because let me tell you, not only are you improving your employees' lives by doing that, but you're improving future generations uh, when they have quality daycare and childcare mm -hmm. options. It's It's been proven so many different ways. So, I mean, if you really are tr 
interested in investing in the in the future and making this a different place to live than you know child care <laughs> universal child care all the way <laughs> and why does it have to be a cost you know like why right. can't why can't we go back to trading services well i want to know what yeah. happened to that <laughs> oh well yeah that's another topic for another day that's a pretty <laughs> discussion but you know absolutely though if if you're talking about you know even locally if we're doing if I've heard a lot of people say, well, we ha we don't have to budget or it's a smaller company or whatever. If that's the case, I'm sure there's someone who's willing to volunteer, especially if you, you know, are able to sponsor their business or something like that in, in some kind of a way. I mean, there's always some kind of trade that can happen is what I'm saying. And I know that there's some stickiness around the legality of like, if you're at an event, if there's consumption, obviously there's something there, but a lot of these events don't have consumption, so there shouldn't be an issue. Mm -hmm. And also, I've been to events where there's alcohol and they've offered daycare, so I don't see the difference really. Yeah. But, you know, I just think those are excuses. I think that, you know, accessibility is a big issue in this industry. And, uh -huh. and I think that one of the biggest roadblocks that we all have as parents, um, you know, mothers and fathers or however you identify, I know that there are a lot of people who work from home in this industry. And so I know that childcare is an issue. Uh, let's talk about some of the statistics that are, that surround childcare in this country. Yeah. Uh, just, just a little highlight reel here. Um, so I'll start with the first one. Okay. The average cost to provide center-based childcare for an infant in the U.S. is over $1,200 a month. So in a family child care home, which is like when you're taking your child to a home care, you know, in-home type of child care, um, the cost is 800 on average per month. On average, a family making the state median income would have to spend 18% of their income to cover the cost of child care for an infant and about 13% for a, a toddler. Jeez. I know. That's so much. Oh, my God. Um, so. Yeah, go ahead. Keep going. In no state does the cost of center-based infant or toddler child care meet the federal definition of affordable, no more than 7% of annual household income. In 12 states, the cost of child care for just one infant exceeds 20% of the state median income. Jeez. Just wow. <laughs> yeah. And on average, child care for an infant costs 61% more than a preschooler. Jeez, that's so, like, I know I, I'm in that boat right now. It's, like, it's mind-boggling how it uh -huh. can be this expensive. Um, and child care subsidy rates, which are, like, when people get grants and things like that to offset the cost, uh, they're only 27% higher for infants than preschoolers. So they're not even offsetting the cost, really, at all. I mean, they are, but not enough. Wow. Uh, and then child care subsidies only cover the average cost of care for an infant in three states in the whole country. That's in Hawaii, Indiana, and South Dakota. Speechless. Yep. And the uh, difference between the subsidy and the cost of care is about $400 a month in nearly half of all the states in the country. So that means people have that $400 to make up even if they get grants which or and scholarships, which are very difficult to get. Um, and so those statistics are from American Progress. And, and that's not even, a, you know, that's a little tiny glimpse of a huge, complex 
picture. Um, and so we're not doing a deep dive today, clearly, but we're going to keep talking about this because it's an important issue and I don't see enough conversations existing around it. And I think that if we're really going to, like you said, Barb, really talk about, you know, supporting women, um, this is a, this is the, I feel like the one, one of the first things that we should be doing um, because so many women can't enter the workforce because of this. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I, I mean, I just, I just don't even, and the responses I get when I ask about childcare at an event are not, are not as women positive as I would like, you know, from other women. So I just think, <clears throat> at least let's have conversations about it you know let's be let's, yeah. let's talk about this some more um but anyway in the meantime we're just uh getting back into the swing of things with this episode so it's not a long one um but thank you so much for joining me today barb um absolutely pleasure. <laughs> my pleasure um so barb where can people find you on instagram so they can find me on Instagram at beauty, W-T-H Barb. So it's not beauty with Barb, W-I-T-H. It's just W-T-H. Mm -hmm. So check awesome. me out there. Um, haven't been posting a lot, kind of rebranding myself to kind of figure out what I want to post and where I want to direct my followers. Mm -hmm. But yeah, catch me on there. I'm always giving out skin advice and that's all what I'm about. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Uh, and you keep doing you. Yeah. And until next time, stay high and beautiful. Our guest today is Jackie Cohen Roth. Jackie is a successful entrepreneur and creator of strategic and tactical brand resources for innovative business growth and founder of multiple media platforms in the healthcare and cannabis industries. She is founder and CEO of Cannabis MD, CBMD and the social enterprise T-Pad. So Jackie, what led you to a career in cannabis? Well, like many of us who have uh, come out of the closet, so to speak, mm -hmm. of our introduction to cannabis, um, mine was when I was 13. And um, so I say, you know, now it's nickel bags to the top. Um, but yeah. I like that. <laughs> um, oh but God, that was story I have. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was, you know, the you know the first introduction and occasional, you know, um, through high school and as it picked up. Um, but uh, the use, you know, like, you know, I can go through the um, the professional um, pathway to cannabis, and there's the personal pathway to cannabis. Sure. Um, I mean, I, yeah. I think that a lot of people yeah. see that those two intersect at some point. So if you want to talk about that yes. part. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so my, um, you know, going back to the dark ages when I was <laughs> um, yeah, going to college, and um, I grew up, my father was a physician, my sister um, is a physician, and that was the, um, you know, the path that I thought I wanted to take. Literally grew up working for my dad, or literally working for my dad, um, in any event, in, in um, a medical lab. And, um, but, um, you know, there's so many different um, things to do in life, and I, um, and professional opportunities, and I, and I veered off um, from that traditional clinical healthcare focus and built a career 
where I have been very fortunate where I've taken everything that I've studied um, academically and, and brought it and put it together in a career for myself where I ended up, so I had that, that clinical background. I was um, undergraduate work was in um, economics and policy studies. And here's where off international political economies. Um, and then when I was raising my kids, it was, oh, I'm going to be an architect mm-hmm. now. And so I took um, a few of those introductory uh, design and architecture uh, classes that gave me a really solid background in design. And that's helped where I was publishing a magazine and producing uh, marketing collateral uh, focused on B2B um, physician-focused um, pieces for hospitals and healthcare systems in our region. And um, all along the way was this focus that I was paying attention to with that policy background, what was mm-hmm. going on in medical cannabis as it became legalized, of course, on the West Coast and as it started to make its way to Maryland. And a couple of things in play where um, in my magazine that I was publishing, uh, it was Chesapeake Physician, Your Practice, Your Health. And, and our clinic, or I'm sorry, our editorial focus was on uh, clinical innovations, practice management solutions, healthcare uh, information technology, that's okay. HIT, policy law compliance. And, um, and with that, though, was um, the um, foundation of which everything was built was education um, for the physicians and healthcare stakeholders. And that led to um, educating the physicians on alternative treatments. And that led wow. to medical cannabis. And where, um, you know, it's in 2013, it came uh, into play in Maryland. Of course, it didn't come into market um, with a, a really solid, strong program until 2017. But um, I did a full pivot in 2017 myself uh, to cannabis. And um, again, the focus on medical cannabis. Um, t- yeah, taking that background again of everything that I've done. Um, and, and again, I consider a strong background in um, traditional healthcare and wow. what I was doing, and again, the pivot. That's pretty awesome. And I think that sounds like a natural progression, really. I mean, you say pivot, but I, I feel like even though I didn't have the same path as you, I can, I can relate because there's a lot of things that just kind of seem like major career changes, but they make sense once you are actually immersed in this industry fully, I think taking the personal side of it, you know, and then kind of combining it to finally fully realize what you're supposed to be doing. Well, it's what you want to do, right? I mean, it's, right. you know, to be that fortunate that, um, you know, or you try blood, sweat and tears <laughs> to, uh, right. you know, forge a pathway in a career for yourself where you're making money doing something that you're passionate about. Right. I mean, you're fortunate, but it's also a lot of hard work, which obviously you're doing so much. It's like, it's exhausting even thinking about all that you have going on. Uh, And so speaking of that, let's talk about T-PAD. Yeah. What is is Uh, T-PAD and what was the impetus for the creation of it? Okay. Well, backstory. So what T-PADs were, they were speakeasies in the 20s and 30s where marijuana was introduced to the black communities um, via music mm-hmm. and um, tea pads were spaces, convivial spaces where folks could uh, get together starting off in Harlem and, and um, quickly uh, spreading around the East Coast to Philadelphia. Um, in any event, so where places where folks could uh, smoke their marijuana, 
make this great music like Billy Holiday, Ella Fitzgerald, Cab Calloway, Duke Ellington, you know, all these jazz mm -hmm. great. And um, without the fear of prejudice, this crazy stuff that started to happen in the 30s with um, Ainslinger. Right. But, you know, the um, that, um, you know, the black and brown communities um, being faced with racial prejudice. And so these speakeasies, tea pads were, were safe, safe places, safe spaces mm -hmm. to, you know, hang out and enjoy marijuana and make this incredible music. So mm -hmm. I love that name um, for pad which is a social enterprise meaning it's a for-profit business focused on making social change and uh, so it is a networking group for the cannabis industry and the cannabis industry curious with a mission to break down barriers to entry into the cannabis industry and mm -hmm. to empower folks to gain access no matter race or gender via education so proceeds of all TPAD events support the TPAD scholarship for black entrepreneurship. That's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Especially so, in Maryland. Yeah. I feel like that's a big deal in Maryland. <clears throat> we'll talk oh, about that yeah. more in a little bit. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you have another project. Well, not project, it's business. You have so much going on. Um, can you talk about Cannabis MD? Sure. And how and a little bit how the public can benefit from using the services offered? Yes. Um, so Cannabis MD, um, I launched it in 2017 with a tweet, and we're actually coming up on, um, I can't believe it, it's a year. You know that uh, in our industry, it operates in dog years. So, you know, a year now is seven years, right? <laughs> it happened so fast. Um, but the, the website for MD went live October 2nd, 28th. And the, um, the original mission was um, to educate, build, and engage a network of cannabis, medical cannabis industry stakeholders, inclusive mm -hmm. of the, the patients, the providers, um, the, the industry folks, you know, those three verticals of the, uh, the growers, the processors, the dispensary owners, um, the ancillary service providers, and um, critically important are the, the policymakers and influencers. And um, so to create this ecosystem that advances the needs of Maryland's medical cannabis industry. And um, I've built that ecosystem. It's, there's, there is engagement. Um, you know, it can never get bigger and stronger enough. But um, so how everybody can benefit from this ecosystem well, is uh, our focus is more of a business to business, B2B, and supporting the industry with best practices. But we're the um, patients can benefit, and these are uh, critically important, again, throughout that ecosystem that people have access to patient stories. Um, mm -hmm. When I was developing our content focus, and it was like, all right, I'm only going to run these patient stories that are of certified Maryland medical cannabis patients. Well, that um, quickly changed as I began to become aware of uh, how folks were were really, uh, you know, eagerly kind of as an understatement, but getting access, you know, these uh -huh. uh, um, uh, refugees, you know, the medical refugees, uh -huh. or um, you know, getting black market access. Like, there's a story on there of a of a guy who got himself up a heroin. Yeah. Um, he was in uh, Tennessee, you know, black market, nothing legal there, but no. you know, used medicine. So I think it's imperative that prospective patients have access to these stories of how um, other patients are using mm -hmm. the medicine 
to treat their disease and disorders. And, you know, again, throughout this whole ecosystem is that people understand, you know, that, that people need access, mm-hmm. you know, and it's safe products, right? Absolutely. That's, yeah. And I mean, the heroin problem is so bad everywhere. Maryland yeah. has a, a lot of overdoses every year. Um, I mean, every state is having this problem, but I really appreciate what you're offering because not only are you showing patient stories, but you have best practices and you have real experts because, you know, there's a lot of misinformation out there. So to have something where people can go quickly and reference, you know, really great content that is educational and also accurate <laughs> is a big right. deal right Thank now. you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I appreciate that. Thanks. Thank you for this, all your hard work. Um, so speaking of that, what kind of challenges do you face every day? Like, what are your biggest challenges professionally in this space? Okay. Well, this is a great question for today. At 3.30 this morning, I was awake. And like, um, you know, how's this all going to work? Yeah. Um, where I've got essentially two startups, um, Cannabis MD, again, less than a year. Um, TPAD, a uh, crazy thing entrepreneurs do is to, um, you know, have two events in one night, but that was uh, May 9th, but TPAD got off the ground. Um, I um, then really very, very excited about this uh, most recent edition is I'm a member of the cohort for the first graduate program in the country and the word is in the world focused on medical cannabis science and therapeutics. Yes, I thought that. that's so great. Yep. Congratulations. Thank you. So, you know, to fit uh, graduate school into this um, mix. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, so time, you know, the challenge. Um, oh, and, um, but you know, that um, those of us who are diverse in this industry, mm-hmm. women, um, challenge to access to capital. I would say that is, um, you know, number one is, I don't know, which, which is number one, time or money, but both. Right, right. Yes, that's definitely, I mean, just thinking past in the last two years, it's when I'm thinking back, it's like, wow, I was just telling someone the other day, it's like you go in between nothing, 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 and ah! <laughs> a lot of times throughout the day, I feel, you know, you're just like, what? It's a, it's, I don't ride roller coasters, but I imagine that's what it's like. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, I mean, that is, as I say, to be an entrepreneur, um, you have to be crazy, right? I mean, and yeah. so the secret is to manage that little bit of crazy, but yes. and to be um, a little bit comfortable being a little bit bipolar as well is, I mean, I don't mean that literally, but right. you know, gosh, you know, uh, I'm depressed today because I'm not, you know, blah, 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 nothing's working. Right, right. The next it's... day, woo wee, I'm at the top of the roller coaster. <laughs> Oh, yes. You go through it all. I mean, just in the last week, I was like, wow, that feels like it's been a month. I can't even, you know. (laughs) I mean, hence, that's the dog years, right? (laughs) Yes. And I think like what you're saying about being an entrepreneur, it doubles when you add cannabis into the mix because there are so many moving parts and... Yeah, it's ever changing, ever evolving. And every time a new state becomes legal in some kind of way, it's a new thing, you know, everything is right. changing again. And you're just like, okay, we have a new, a new group of people, you know, this is a new attitude towards plant and all that. So, um, and I think Maryland is really handling it in a very 
I think responsible way right now. I think they're doing well with the medical cannabis. There's a lot of improvement that needs to be made, obviously. But compared to, I was in Florida for a few years before I came back to Maryland. Uh Uh, And uh, yeah, comparatively speaking, (laughs) Maryland is doing a good job in a lot of ways, but there's also a lot of challenges. So um, how do you think that the cannabis industry differs in Maryland, in your opinion? Well, I think, um, you know, as it, it got off to a rocky start in 2013 right. and um, the the commission that's in place now, um, Brian Lopez, the commissioner, Joy Strand, the executive director, mm-hmm. I mean, shout out to these, Paul Tilburg, who's head of government relations, um, essentially the lawyer for the OMCC. Right. Um, and all the commissioners have done a really tremendous job of um, steadying the ship mm-hmm. Um Right now, we're there um, going to come out with the regs very soon on edibles, Mm -hmm. um, release that, you know, make sure that everything is in place. And I think this is imperative um, um, for Maryland to be this gold standard, which I consider it to be in the country for a well-regulated medical cannabis market. Yes. Um, You know, it's a small enough state that we get to know everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, It certainly helps and you're able to really feel like you're making a difference. Um, and then, you know, as, um, there's a task force right now, which is bicameral, meaning it's in both um, the house and the Senate, this task force of senators and state delegates, part of this, um, looking at the adult use Mm -hmm. and that conversation, you know, if you want to go down that pathway of what this state should do regarding adult use. Right. Yes. I mean, I'd like to go down that pathway, but I know that's a very complicated pathway, but I like to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, you know, is that if um, Maryland's going to really do what it's everybody's saying, you know, they want to do is with the new licenses, we'll find out on September 26th, yes. you know, where Maryland will have created a newly diverse industry. And uh, Maryland is the first state, was the first state to uh, legislate in uh, in the second round of licenses that the um, there needed to be a demonstration of diversity inclusion in the, the applicant team. And they had some legal issues of that, right? Oh, uh, well, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's what led to um, HB2. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And it was, uh, you know, hairy mess for um, a bit, but, uh, you know, things got resolved in the 2019 legislative session. So these... Um, yeah, we're about to find out again, uh, September 26th, uh, four new goals and uh, 10 processors. All right. Well, hopefully that that's good news <laughs> because I've been following that. Yep. Um, so what is your favorite thing about working in cannabis? Let's go positive. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, let's see. I would say that like-minded yeah. people, you know, it, that for the most part, I mean, I've certainly seen a shift just in the you know the three years or so that right. I've done the deep dive, um, where you have um, you know the VC folks coming into market or into play into the industry, and those folks that think, oh, I'm going to make a lot of money right now, and that's right. absolutely not the case. But you know, those of us that um, you know again that have come out of the closet and that have been in the industry, some folks you know mm-hmm. for generations, right? Um, and that like-minded people that this this industry is built on passion, um, it's built on advocacy, um, and it's also a lot of fun. Is that with again, if you're one of these crazy entrepreneurs and you like things moving fast, yeah. um, 
it's a good game. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I know there is a lot coming up with TPAD and what you have going on, but um, I know you have an event coming up in October. Do you have anything specific to promote other than that? And you want to talk about that a yes. little bit? Well, yeah. So um, thank you. Specific to TPAD on October 3rd. So it'll be a, a really exciting event where um, Natalie, uh, Dean, uh, Natalie Eddington, she's the Dean of the University of Maryland School of Pharmacy. Um, she will speak to her uh, experiences as a woman of color in science. Mm -hmm. She'll also speak to why and how this MS program was developed. We're a very keen, sharp focus on a uh, higher level of workforce development for the cannabis industry. Um, then um, there's party in part of the October 3rd event where again, uh, Cannabis MD, the sister company of TPAD, we will have uh, just celebrated one year. Um, and then these uh, new license holders, um, coming into market and uh, hopefully have those folks um, attending as well. And then again, um, every TPAD, there's live jazz, libations, good eats and more. So it's always a good time. And again, proceeds uh, support the TPAD scholarship for black entrepreneurship. Right, I was just gonna ask about um, that. Did, how, can, how can businesses support that yeah. scholarship fund? Money, 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 thank you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, so, um, on, um, you know, uh, reach out to me. It's, um, uh, J A C Q U I E at cannabismd.com Um, for sponsorship information, we've got, um, the levels, um, underscore the, those jazz greats that I mentioned before. You've got Billy holiday all the way up the top, Ella Fitzgerald, uh, Duke Ellington, Kep Calloway. And these events are an opportunity to support, um, this uh, newly diverse um, industry in Maryland, as well as to, you know, the critical need for networking, right? Everybody, um, you know, wants to have FaceTime, you know, with most things being digital, of course, now. And that's where TPAD, it's really cool to see that it's it seemingly has struck a chord with folks is, you know, that face-to-face -face time with each other, but also doing good at the same time, you know, with that supporting a scholarship. So um, that would be a great way. Thank you for that opportunity to shout out um for that and then also you can make a direct contribution uh, mm -hmm. to uh, the scholarship fund itself right and that's on the tpad website and that's tpad.co tpad and we'll link that in the notes um all right awesome and then with cannabis md do you have anything else that people should be paying attention to yes um i would love to hear this is a, another thing that uh, i woke up at 3 30 thinking about is um i'm very excited I am uh, I'm bringing a panel to mm -hmm. Malta, the island of Malta, which is off the toe of the boot wow. of Italy. And um, yeah, I'm a panelist um, uh, for the uh, Cannabis World Summit. Um, it's uh, focused on medical cannabis. And um, I would love to have on my panel um, be it very strong with uh, diversity. And I'm looking for women uh, who have founded tech companies, again, that they are uh, revenue producing, they could be, you know, anywhere in the country, and would love to have them be part of this really exciting opportunity to showcase uh, cannabis innovation. That's amazing. That sounds really exciting. So thank you. <laughs> so I appreciate you so much taking your time today and sharing just a little bit of your experience. I'd love to have you back on anytime.
Thank you. I'd love to. I really appreciate the time, you know. And um, TPAD again, it's it's really exciting. I encourage you know, anybody who's in Maryland to come. It's um, a hotel revival in Baltimore. It also is supporting this great energy that we have. Hashtag We Are Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's a building upon um, an industry where there it has been so community so marginalized. And here's an opportunity to support folks to get in. Um, in through the legal way. Yes, and uh, Marilyn needs that so badly right now. Yep, yep. So uh, thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you. Thanks for this opportunity. Thanks for listening to Your Highness Podcast. If you would like to be featured in a future episode or would like to inquire about possible sponsorship, email Podcast at gmail.com. That's yourhighnesspodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Highness Podcast. That's at Highness Podcast. Thanks again.